You know I'm gonna get you, yeah. Whatever it takes to get there. No, I won't drop you. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Basement Talk podcast. Bird and Jake here with you as usual. Today, we have a loaded show for you to consume. Super Bowl review, of course. Tom Brady, the coronation for Patrick Mahomes to be the greatest quarterback potentially of all time was put to a screeching halt thanks to Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We'll be talking a bunch about that. We're going to be doing some NFL free agency matchmaker. You guys seem to absolutely love when we put on our predictor hats and bring out our crystal balls. We'll be doing that for you. And of course, we have basement bets. And start the show, we have some deep sleeper for you. But first, say hello to Jake. How you doing, buddy? It's been a while. It's been a while, it but I'm, I'm glad to be back. You know, craziness in life and yeah. last minute things and whatnot. A lot of uh, unforeseen circumstances. But uh, hopefully, this is the start of uh, the trends of us meeting weekly to discuss uh, the latest in sports. So good seeing you, buddy, as always. Yeah, I mean, you say just like the craziness that's going on in the world. It's like there's nothing to do, but at the same time, there's so much to do. Amen. Amen. It, it's it's crazy. And, you know, I was I did a show today with Adam. We did a debate today and we were just kind of talking off air about, you know, what we're going to be doing for the fantasy show, you know, going forward and how like the next two months we're, we're going to go. And we basically have the entire next two months of the fantasy show completely planned out. So it, it's like having that off of my plate is like, oh, it, it, it's, it's refreshing. This was after nearly killing each other for the debate where, by the way, this is coming. This will be this episode of Basic Talk Podcast is probably going to be out on Thursday, and it's Tuesday night, so Wednesday or Thursday will probably be out, and the debate will be out on Saturday or Sunday, somewhere around there. Uh, we debated, is Tom Brady the greatest athlete of all time? Uh, Jake, is Tom Brady the greatest athlete of all time? No. No. There's only there's only one Michael Jordan. I don't even want to I don't even want to get into this debate because I think it's absolutely comical. Uh, no, no, and, and we can't use the rings as as an argument because if Michael Jordan didn't go and play baseball, I guarantee you he would have at least eight championships. He's the greatest. Stop. Never even played in a game seven. So, the, where the ball? Uh, come on, man. Uh, I don't even want to get into this right now. I think it's absolutely pointless. And uh, there will always be one Michael Jordan. Well, you'll have to listen to the debate to see where where I was on. But I As think a, you can yeah. you can kind of imagine what side I was on with that. Yeah, to support the company, I will. Of course, you're you're a great man, great man, great partner. Thank um, you. So we move on from that shameless plug, and let's go to the one consistent thing that we do every single week. Jake, who, what? Where, how, why is your deep sleeper of the week? All right. So deep sleeper here. I'm not even sure if this can be consider considered deep, 
but for all of our listeners that are avid fans of the show Riverdale, like I am, weekly, no free advertising here, but no I'm free have to advertising. Do it anyway. I'm ever. gonna have to. I'm, I know how much you hate that, but I'm gonna have to do it anyway. Every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the CW. Riverdale, okay, good show. Check it out. I'm holding out hope, and this is my deep sleeper for the week because uh, this is the episode where the seven-year time jump takes into effect because it's the new season. The last season got delayed because of the coronavirus uh, pandemic. They finally finished off season four, Ron, to what would be the beginning of season five, and that is Archie finally getting together. Betty and Archie, long at last, I think it's going to happen to kick off the time jump. I'm not sure if it's going to be tomorrow night. But it's been a long time coming for us uh, River fans. And, you know, I don't want to give out any spoilers for all of the people behind. But Veronica Veronica comes back in the seven-year time jump, married. Jughead and Betty didn't leave off on the best terms. So it's time. It's time. They're fooling around with each other a little bit at the end of last season. Another spoiler. But if you like good teen drama, now it's not really teens because they're obviously grown adults. But this is going to be a uh, chaotic season. And uh, as always with Riverdale, uh, you never know what you're going to see. Man, you kind of ruined my thunder a little bit because I wasn't going to talk about Riverdale because I don't watch Riverdale. I've heard very good things, though. Oh, it's excellent. I've heard very, very good things. But mine mine was on the TV line. I'm still, I'm still sticking to it. But well, let's hear it. I have, heard Riverdale, I have heard very, very good things about Riverdale. And, and I wanted to tell you this. This weekend, I am finally starting Cobra Kai. It's been a long time coming for you, my friend. It's a I am phenomenal finally... show. Ralph Macchio, we got to represent the uh, Long Island uh, pride I there. Am, I am finally starting it. I finished The Crown. The Crown was top notch. And now I... I am, I'm ready for Cobra Kai because everybody has said that I've asked that has seen it has said exactly what you've been saying, Jake, that it is awesome. A little bit of a bonus deep sleeper and another recommendation for you. I don't know if you have Showtime. I do. Okay, you do. Check out Your Honor. Okay. Okay. I'll add it to my list. Well, I first I first yeah. I have to see if Cobra Kai is is all that. Are you a Breaking Bad fan by any chance or? Um I like it. I like um, it. I don't my, love it. It's my favorite show, but I don't love it, but I, uh, I, I like it. Walter White is your honor. Really? He's the judge. Brian Cranston. He, he's the star. What a king. What a king. We love Brian Cranston. Shout out Brian Cranston, friend of the podcast. Story, All right. Yeah. <laughs> my deep sleeper of the week. And this is again some some television, some great, some great television. Heather Martin is my deep sleeper of the week. Now, there are people out there who are going to know exactly who I'm talking about. And there are people like Jake who are going to hear the name Heather Martin and they're going to say, who the fuck is that? Correct? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So The Bachelor, fantastic program. My phenomenal favorite television program. I'm not caught up yet. So don't give me any spoilers. I I watch. I watch. I watch. Yeah. No, I'm going to. I might have to mute you here, man. I watch uh, later on in the week. I don't watch every Monday, but um, I guess while we're on the subject, who do you want to win this season? Ooh. I know Heather Martin was coming, so I know yes. she might be the deep sleeper 
Yes. So she she came last night. I I bet it. I I I saw some things floating around mm-hmm. uh, about the rumors, but um, she looks like good people's. Uh, very easy on the eye. Very easy on the eye. Uh, to put it uh, mildly, there. Yes. But um, I don't know. I've had the same favorite since uh, like the beginning of the show. Believe I have as well. Let's hear yours. I'm kind of curious. And it has it has not changed. Um, Rachel. Oh fuck out of here, you cash. That's one of the biggest hype. Like that's the prohibitive favorite to win the show. Now I will say, if if you want me to go like deeper than that and just give and just give like a sleeper that I think can win it, even though I don't like her necessarily. Piper and Matt have a connection that is undeniable at this point. My favorite since day one. Um, I really, if she doesn't win, I really hope she could be the next bachelorette because I think she would be um, really good is Abigail. It's so hard not to to like her. I mean, what just a a really inspiring story. Um, You know, hope she finds happiness. I hope she won the competition. I don't know if she got a, well, she did get a rose if I last recall. She yes, got the, the group date rose. It was a rose so, ceremony last night as well. So, but she, but, but she was safe in it though because yes. she mm-hmm. got the group date rose. But yeah. she uh she she she's a good one. Um I hope yeah. that she she could be at least the bachelorette if she doesn't win. I think she has a little bit of a chance. I think her and Matt have a little bit of a connection. Um cuz she she opened up and she was yeah. vulnerable and that's what Matt's looking for. Yes. And you know, not a bad looking girl at all. I yeah, very good looking girl actually. I I got to say. So but, there um, was there yeah. was something going around and if for anybody that watches the bachelor slash bachelorette and doesn't want to hear a potential spoiler skip ahead about 20 seconds i'll give you the opportunity you have three two one okay so the bachelorette apparently they know who it is and it is from this season and it's not abigail it's not abigail is it mj no I was going to say, it better not be Victoria. Nope. I Victoria sucked. Did it's you like Katie. Her? Uh, I see. I think she's very pretty. Yeah, but she, but she started so much BS. So much BS. She got poor Anna, who, by the way, I gotta say, we got to have like a segment on here talking about The Bachelor. I, I didn't know you were a big I'm fan. I'm very down you, to do Bachelor I, I've I've recaps. known you. I've known you my entire life, and I never knew you were a fan of The Bachelor. Oh, like, I love never, it. The it subject, is... the subject has never came up. Um, I don't know how, but it's Katie. Uh, See, uh, I like Katie because she she keeps it real. But the but problem no, but is she does. She gets though. involved in somewhat in in, in other so much shit, and that's what I don't like. But here's my thing, also, like she wants to cry, cry, cry. You know, they're saying that. Like, do something about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, why why do people have to go crying to Matt and snitch? Like, if I was if I was the bachelor myself, I would send whoever was tattling home. I would do the opposite. I would say, you know, if you can't handle issues yourself and you have to go running to somebody, adios. You're not for me. This is the type of generation we live in, man. You know, you cry, 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 and you get what you want. I listen. I don't. I don't disagree. But based on what my eyes tell me, Katie is. Very, very solid. Eh. I will say the one the one that I don't necessarily know about, 
because I know everybody likes her. I do like her, but I just don't think because she's so damn young is Kit. Like, she's wh- she, what are we doing? But there's the big story about how she comes from that rich family, and mm-hmm. uh, I don't know yes. exactly who her relatives are. But, um, yeah, Kit is – she's just very blah to me. She's 21 you know, years old. Very young, yeah, younger than us. And yeah, she's 21 years feel- old, and, and Matt's, what, like 33? I know, I know. Uh, but Katie has the next bachelor. Oh my God. Apparently. I don't like it. I don't, I, I, I don't, I guess uh, there, there was so many better contestants for this. I guess Rachel won because that's like the big thing out there that Rachel won. And I hope not, so. Uh, she's not my fate. I don't hate her, but I, I couldn't stand oh, Victoria. She, she's I could, Rachel could not is, stand Victoria. Rachel is stunning. But I really liked uh, a lot of people hated her. I'm, I'm sure she probably got sent home was uh, MJ. I thought she was, you know, I was yeah. I was on team MJ. I was too. I was too. Like, why did these girls get like all offended? They're like, oh, they're saying new girls. Wah, wah, wah. Like, yeah, what is this? yeah. I, like, I'm gonna I'm gonna quote uh one of my favorite athletes, and that is the people's champ, Colby Chaos Covington. This is not the ultimate feelings championship. All right. This is the bachelor. All right. Like, enough of this. Wah, she said a mean word to me. She said yeah, I was she, JV. I'm the new JV girl. What's wrong with that? A tough shit. This is the real world. Like, you know, yeah. they're trying to fight for Matt's heart. And if yes. you don't want to fight back, then Thank you. The, the door's right there. If... Jake, we are doing weekly segments on The Bachelor slash Bachelorette. This is happening. We, we may have to record later on in the week. That's totally fine with me. But yeah. I will make it work. Because do we this, have? Yeah. Do we, this now, is perfection. Do, now, do we have a separate brand of the Basement Talk podcast here just talking about The Bachelor on the Basement Talk podcast? No, but we may have to create that. We may have to. We, we may have to create that. Uh, I'm going to have to clear my schedule, man. Basement Talk podcast, Bachelor Edition slash Bachelorette. All my, all my friends in my group chat just call me like a loser and, you know, are you serious? And, you know. I think some of them are low-key Bachelor Nation fans, but they just don't have the stones to come out and say it, if you know what I'm saying. Because some of them, you know, I don't buy it. Here's what you tell them. Here's what you tell them. Because this is what sold me on the show. Um, I first started watching the show during Nick's season when when Vanessa won, who Vanessa, God bless her soul. The way you get Guys to hop on board with The Bachelor slash Bachelorette is because I did I did this myself, and this is how I was sold on it, was you tell them, look, you've spent the last 16 weeks having a program to watch on Monday nights at 8 o'clock on a Disney-owned network. The last 16 weeks. Now, you are now left with no nothing to watch on Mondays at 8 o'clock. If you value that, then God bless you. But I know for me, when I get in that routine of my ass needing to be on the sofa at 8 o'clock on a Monday night, I need something to fill that void. And that is what the Bachelor slash Bachelorette does for me it is an opportunity to sit down drink some wine and watch some drama 
which is, it's not great television. I'm not going to say it's the best thing in the world, but my God, is it entertaining. And I love it. It is my guilty pleasure. I have no problem saying it. Yeah, I, that, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. I just, it's a shame that people have to just rain on their parade, rain on our parades. And yeah, dude, it makes no sense. And, and for all the guys out there, especially the ones that are a little feeling a little lonely this time, because you know, COVID and and quarantine and everything like that, the ladies watch the bachelor. If you good conversation starter. Yes, exactly. If you, are on Tinder or on Match or if you're talking to someone that you like or whatever and they're watching The Bachelor and you're not? Oof. Come on, guys. Come you on. You can score some points there. I agree, score man. some points. Yes. Even even if you don't, say you do. Yes. Read a summary Why? on it. Why? Do some now, research. We really are a complete program. We're giving out relationship advice and conversation starters and I mean, this is we, this is quality, and this is still a free show, huh? This is still a free show. Then we might have to add a subscription price to this because we might. This, this is what the people want. You want an idea on how to get laid during quarantine? Just say you watch The Bachelor. Done. You'll get and something. Then, and then, oh hey, maybe you maybe want to hang out one Monday night in a socially distanced area where we can watch The Bachelor together. Oh yeah, sure. Done. Congratulations. I could bet you that social distancing probably won't last too long. Yeah. I think you uh you summed that one up pretty good and more appropriately than I could have. So now, good on you, good man. Thank you very much. Now, before we move on, on a scale of one to ten, how would you rate the job that Matt James has done this season so far? I'm going to say not a great job. Um, he's a little Better inexperienced. Peter. Yeah. Um, Peter sucked. I'm going to say, though, because the whole thing with Sarah was really annoying. It's like, yeah, oh bro, God. bro, bro. Just, dude, I think he really likes Sarah, too, or else I don't think he would have gone through all that trouble. But I, I'm just glad I'm just glad it wasn't like a Claire and Dale thing where they kind of had the under yes. the table agreement. Like, hey, you're going to win. Um, and they're not even together anymore. And well, who could have saw that coming? I mean, Dale, oh Dale cheated on Claire. What a big shock. Allegedly. Allegedly. Oh, yes. Allegedly. Yes. Innocent until proven guilty. If it's fair, if it does not fit, you must not acquit. Damn straight. And Peter and Peter and Kelly are apparently still trying to work things out, which. But. Yeah. Sure. I guess I would I would say, though, uh, he's done about like a I would say out of 10, like a six and a half out of 10. You know, he has, you know, gotten to know he's done his best yeah. to get to know all the girls. I mean, it, unless you're Anna, who's just afraid of Matt's presence and can't have a conversation oh, with him and, and kept that. getting roses every week. I'm like, lady, you're getting roses every week, not talking to the guy. Imagine if you just kept your mouth shut around the other women and put on a pretty face around him. She scared me. I, I got to say she was. Intimidating. The clenched, the clenched jaw that she had and the resting bitch face that she had was diabolical. It was it very was, scary. It was next level horrifying. Yeah, like it wasn't. scared me. Yeah. And I wanted her launched to the sun. When she got sent home, I, I, I was just, I was celebrating. I was celebrating. I was so happy that I didn't have anybody on that show that I could say, 
I, I actually loathe because it was her and it was Victoria that was sent home. Yeah. And then the uh, the whole Jasenia and MJ shit started. And then I started hating on Jasenia because she sucks. She is a terrible human being. Yeah. I don't spoil that one. I guess it's nope. time to move on. Nope. Not saying a word. Um, I will say for, for Matt, I would say he's done about a five, five and a half. And I think Sarah probably would have won if she had stayed. I agree. She was, I think so. she was in the driver's seat. Now she, one she was definitely in the driver's seat. One more thing before before we move on. Not bachelor, bachelorette related. Scale of one to ten, how would you rate Tasha? I think Tasha. I think the problem Tasha had was she fell in love with too many guys. If that makes sense, I don't yeah. think she knew yeah. until the week of that she was going to pick Zach because I think she did like. Bennett, but the whole Noah thing might have turned her off, and you could tell that Tasha knew she made a mistake. And I think the showrunners told her, like, "Hey, we have to get him off. You, we can't send this uh, principal out there to the contestants that, unless you really, really, really like Bennett, we can't send it out there that, um, you know, you could just come back and." You could, you might, you know what I'm saying? They, they have to yeah. set some type of example there. Like Ben, I think she really did like Ben. Ben, I think if he would have just showed up more and was more out there and yes. put himself on the lot, I think he would have won. I agree. But I wasn't a big fan of Zach. Fair. I was not, I was not a big fan of Zach, but Bennett, though, he spoke his mind. Bennett was a lot like us. If, if we sat down at our local pubs on Friday nights and we're just kicking back, having a, a nice, uh, Coors banquet. Uh, or something like that. Oh my God! I, I would want I would want Bennett sitting next to me. I would. He would. You know when he when he uh recommended the book for Noah and gave him the book. I Noah needed to grow up, and people out there thought Bennett was snobby. Like Stop everybody. It. He, yeah, he went to Harvard and makes a lot of money. Like what's he Fuck supposed it, to good do? For we, him. You all love sob stories, but when someone's successful, we can't just be like, "Wow, Jake." That is so funny that you say that. Because before I knew any of this, and I will show you the receipts to prove it, I have a group that I watch The Bachelor with every Monday night. I would say for that entire period where The Bachelorette was on, every Monday night that Bennett was there, I was calling him a king. Bennett is my king. I love Bennett. He is fucking incredible now i know we do have to move on but i would love to see a bachelor in paradise with like ed ed's a little soft but ed was good tv yeah he was, a lot, ed, he was the ed opposite was of victoria TV. yes but like imagine like imagine they sent victoria there and mj and kit uh, kit, kit would be or, great or on paradise here's here's a sleeper for you for bachelor in paradise okay how about yosef Ooh. Oh, now, now we're talking. Oh, that is juicy. Oh my God. Yosef told Claire how it was. Facts. He, re- he really did. You know who I actually think would be really good for paradise. If she wasn't reportedly going to be the fucking bachelorette is Katie. I thought Katie would be good for paradise. Yeah, she, but she'd, be good paradise. she'd be good. Par- but like Abigail, she's too good of a girl. to No, go on no, paradise. Abigail that's, wouldn't that's be good. Too paradise. Much. She would be such a – I really hope she's the next Bachelor. I know she. I know it's going to be Katie, but maybe after this season, 
sometime, sometime down the line, she would be a phenomenal yeah. bachelorette. And I'm we shocked. actually like, and you know, yes, I'm shocked that we haven't seen the ultimate bitch herself, the queen of the bitches, Corinne, go on paradise. I'm shocked. Tasha was on paradise. Yes, she was. That's that's honestly that's crazy. But and then she ended up becoming the bachelorette. But Corinne, oh, oh Corinne, it's time for us to get back to sports, I guess. Oh, Corinne is a sport. That that is that is a hobby <laughs> oh, that God I would absolutely us. love to enjoy. Any anywho, uh, yes, it is time for us to get back to sports. Unfortunately, but yes, we we are going to be doing a bachelor recap every single week. That is one hundred million percent happening. Hundred million percent. I don't care. So, Super Bowl, Bucks thirty one, Chiefs nine. Jake, I'm going to ask you a very simple question to start. Was this a matter of Tom Brady and the Bucks coming out and dismantling the Chiefs, or was this a matter of the Chiefs flat out not showing up for this game? Uh, well, it was a combination of – I'm going to have to give this guy credit, even though I mean, me and this guy don't – I have a I little bit exactly of an axe to grind with this guy. It. Todd Bowles' defense was phenomenal, and Todd Bowles had an excellent game plan, and I'm going to get on Andy Reid. The fact that you could not make an adjustment to what Todd Bowles was or Todd Bowles wasn't really sending anything because he was dropping guys back into coverage and was getting home with sending three or four guys every single play. The fact that you sent a backup left tackle into the game and did not give him any help against Shaq Barrett, JPP, all those and Dominican Sue on the inside. You didn't have an extra blocker for Patrick Mahomes, and he was getting killed every single play was a criminal offense, a criminal offense, and it just brutal. But the you got to give the Bucks offense credit. You got to give the refs credit too. I mean, they really helped them out at the end of that half. Oh, stop! At the, the end of that half, you have to give them some credit, bro. That is not a penalty on Mike Evans. No, okay, no, no, that's not a penalty. And the one in the end zone is not a penalty. And then the holding call on the interception was a bogus holding call that does not I, get called. Fine. But are those two penalties, if they are, if let's say they're not called, is that change? Is it changing the complexion of the game? No, probably not. Well, it's easy to say now because we saw Andy Reid and his ability to, or lack thereof, to make adjustments. But at the time, that's a big momentum shift, man. You got to pick off Tom Brady, your Tyron Matthew, the leader of the Chiefs' defense, and one of their captains. Who, who's to say the Chiefs' offense does go up the field and score? A t- I don't know, man. What is it, 14 3 at the time of the interception or 10 at the time, or 7 at the time, I don't know the time, but 14 3. Okay, so 14 10 is a lot different than 21 to 3. Fair. That's so, fair. Um, yeah, but credit to Tom Brady. I don't think uh, he could have done it without a great defense. Um, but that's what we could say for pretty much all the Super Bowls that, I mean, Tom Brady threw for over 500 yards in the Super Bowl and they didn't win. Yeah. So. Um, credit to the Bucks. Uh, good season. I don't. This was Tom Brady's time because I, I, I didn't think they'd win it this year, but here they are. But I, I think next year the NFC is going to get a lot better. So this was their time to capitalize, and they did. So, hats off to them. And I'm sure Kansas City will be back playing in this game next year. So, I feel like people need to give Tampa Bay though the credit because it oh, was. I am. It, yeah, I'm not saying you. I'm just saying in general that. There's been this narrative of, oh, it wasn't that Tampa Bay won. It was that the Chiefs didn't just didn't show up. And, yes, that, that, that is partially true because the, the Kansas City Chiefs that we had saw the entire season, I don't know where the hell that team went. I, I don't know where they went. 
because they did not show up for that game. On with with saying that, the Bucks look at the teams that they had to run through. They had to run the gauntlet on the road against Washington. Good defense, obviously Taylor Heineke, not Alex Smith, presented that to be a more easier challenge. Drew Brees in New Orleans, who they absolutely stomped on. At Lambeau versus Aaron Rodgers in what is my opinion, the toughest place to go for a playoff game that there is. That's debatable. In my opinion. In my opinion. And then they had to play in the Super Bowl against Patrick Mahomes and, at the time, the high-flying Chiefs. They had to run all of that. So, fair play to the Bucs. And if you really do think about it, you know, did the Bucs have their best game defensively in that NFC Championship game against the Packers? They were all right. No, they were a Matt LaFleur decision away from not playing in the Super Bowl. Correct. Correct. Right. So and Tom Brady. I, and personally, I think if Drew Brees wasn't starting, I think Jameis Winston was the best quarterback on the uh, Saints roster. I, I agree. On with that you. date. I agree. With I you. think Jameis would have been eating that W. I agree. I agree with you. And look, I'm sure we'll get into James. I really like Jameis, man. I hope he gets another shot. Sorry to get off topic, but no, I, I, do. I, I think he's going to. I think one of the bold, one of the bold predictions that we did in the fantasy show that I had for the Saints was that Jameis Winston is the starter for the Saints week one of 2021. He's such a he's such a good player. I'm telling you, man, if he just I love him. those turnovers a little bit. I love him. He just needs he needs a coach that will work with him on that. I think if there is a coach that can fix Jameis Winston and make him a fucking machine, it's Sean Payton. Yeah, it's it's Sean Payton or Andy Reid. Yep. I I agree with you. I think he's in a But yeah, give the Bucks credit spot. though, like you said. Absolutely. Uh, there's nothing taken away from them, but uh, Andy Reid, man. My god. Yeah. I mean, not not the best of days for Andy Reid, but again, he he is basically untouchable because of the Super Bowl and he has he probably next to Bill Belichick probably has the best job security out of any coach in the National Football League and I don't think it's going to change well, after one terrible game in the Super Bowl unfortunately yeah absolutely but uh, in terms of legally and technically nobody has better job security than John Gruden was he got another 8 years left that, on his that, contract in, that's also in uh, Vegas <laughs> Yes, that 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 is also true. And clearly, Sean McVay's got some pull with the Rams. They're trading two first-round picks, and Jared Goff. They're just mortgaging everything yeah. away for Matthew Stafford. They clearly have to trust Sean McVay and his judgment. So. Yeah, I mean, I mean, now that you mention it, we can just segue right into that and just talk about what the fuck are the Rams doing? I'm gonna be honest with you, man. Really like that trade for them because. They have. Let's be honest. Is Jared Goff going to win them a Super Bowl? Absolutely Zero shot. Absolutely not. Absolutely Zero shot. Absolutely not. Not. I a thought chance. that contract was untradeable. I don't think Jared Goff is a starting quarterback in the NFL. I think I he sucks. Completely agree with you. I've been like saying, absolutely I've been horrible this for years. Sucks. Okay. Um, he's no better games, than Garoppolo. He's no better than Garoppolo. Like, 
Kirk Cousins is you, the list goes on and on. Oh, Kirk! But how many Kirk games Cousins compared to Jared Goff? It's like it's like you're comparing Montana to uh, to Trent Dilfer. Yeah, just how many games did the Rams lose this year that they were clearly I, they lost to Adam Gase and the Jets? All right, mm-hmm. that's the obvious one at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, they lost to the backup quarterback. They lost to Nick Mullins. Okay. Yep. They lost to Seattle the second time when the defense kept them in the game. When this they needed is, the win there. When they needed the win there, absolutely. Like, enough is enough. You have all these all-pro players on the team. You have an owner that's willing to spend the money. Your team has proven that you can draft beyond the first round. We saw it last year when they drafted rookie Cam Akers in the second round. All right, they drafted Superstar, the, love him. Superstar, love him. Yes, absolutely. Great guy. Uh, Van Jefferson's probably going to take a, a nice second-year leap. I liked him a lot coming out of the draft. So I agree with you. You have, you have – a, a personnel department that can identify talent. So first round picks in this league, the good teams draft guys on day two and three. Yep. All right. So there's that. And you add Matthew Stafford, who is probably the most underrated quarterback, I would say in football, because he's just had to endure so much dysfunction and bad talent around him with the Detroit lions. So now he comes to the best situation imaginable, probably for a quarterback. You're playing with the young, innovative Sean McVay, uh, sunny in 75 every day, Los Angeles, California, Amen a fan base that. that's into it, an owner that's all in, ready to win, you're 33, you're Matthew Stafford. I think that's a great landing spot. And at the same time, yeah, you had to overpay because you're paying Jared Goff. Okay. Yep. What is it? What is it next year? He's doing 22 and a half million 22 or something and a like half, that. yeah. It, it, just embarrassing business done there. So credit to the Rams for identifying their mistake, and they're doing what I think my New York Jets should have done with Mark Sanchez – we saw was seeing that they had a Super Bowl team ahead uh, in front of them and a quarterback holding them back. And not a lot of teams can admit their mistakes and you have to give the Rams credit where it's due. And if you're the lions, I've heard of some other deals on the table. That is not the best possible trade you could have gotten. I think if the Carolina Panthers were offering eighth overall and Teddy Bridgewater, you have to, I don't know how you don't do that trade. I don't know how you don't, but it's the Detroit lions and they've been rebuilding since what 1962 or something like that. So yeah, seems like it. Just typical from them. But uh, credit to the Rams. I don't think it was a horrible trade at all. I think the Rams uh, did everything they could to get a Lombardi Trophy for uh, the next two years. I would say Matthew Stafford has left two or three years. Yeah, this is a trade that I think, it, I, and I said this when we first analyzed this on the fantasy show. This is a trade that is very similar to the Nets trade for James Harden, where you can't properly assess this trade for another three or four years. If much like the Nets, if the Nets win an NBA championship, it's a fantastic trade. They, they got they got exactly what they want out of it, an NBA title. If the Rams win a Lombardi trophy in the next two or three years, this is a fantastic trade. Fantastic yeah. trade. Nobody will complain about you giving up two first round picks for Matthew Stafford. Nobody. Nobody will complain about that. But if you don't, and now you're sitting and you don't have a first-round pick now until 2024, and you still don't win a Super Bowl, you know, it's not it's not a good look for the Rams and what they are trying to do. And, I, and, and Jake, listen, I agree with you a thousand percent that uh, Les Snead and uh, Sean McVay, they have all – the job security in the world. Stan Kroenke, Stan Kroenke owns Arsenal, my team. I know Stan. Stan won't spend a fucking dime 
on Arsenal, but he'll put he'll pump in two billion for the Rams. But the one thing about Stan is he is going to keep the same guys in charge for as long as he possibly can because he does not want to make these decisions about guys and their jobs. He wants these guys to be running his teams so that way he doesn't have to. So that's why yeah, Leslie, Fisher and that's <laughs> why McVeigh will have this unlimited job security for the rest of time. Yeah, and ju- and much like the Brooklyn Nets who you alluded to before, uh, Sean Marks, his talent evaluation skills outside the first round, the NBA draft with 10-day contracts, the G League, yeah. um, second round, acquiring assets when his team doesn't have any. Just uh, two smart talent evalu- talent evaluators acquiring talent and knowing how to rebuild when necessary. And you have so. you, you have to put in Leon Rose and Tom Thibodeau into that discussion. Well, Derek, Derek Rose, Rose is back home. Back going to take away home. a lot of valuable minutes from Emmanuel quickly. He was nah. just playing too effectively for the Knicks. Nah, I don't. I'll be topping though. So. I think. Remember we talked. I know. Uh, listen, this is really off topic. But remember we talked in the beginning of the season about Tyrese Halliburton, how I told you he was going to be the truth? Dude, I told you this in the night of the draft. Yes. I was sick and, when they took he, Obi Toppin. What is he? He's probably uh, – LaMelo Ball is probably the rookie of the year, but oh yeah, Tyrese Halliburton's got to be number two. He's playing He's playing unbelievably. And that was the guy for the Knicks. And mm-hmm. Yep. That was, that was the guy for the Knicks. But, but if the Knicks saw – Halliburton as a point guard, and they like quickly more than Halliburton and thought, okay, that we can trade back into the first round, take quickly done, then all right, because quick because quickly he could play. He's he good, but play. Halliburton just looks like a star, man. He looks yes. like the real deal. Yes, he does. And we we all knew that. We all knew that. Except for except for the the people that just watch college basketball highlights and see the flashy dunks that Obi did at Dayton. And people big, big and people ball. are wondering why he's not panning out. Oh, I, I don't know. I don't know. But it it makes absolutely no sense to me. And but Derek Rose, welcome home. Welcome home, baby. Playing welcome for home. playing. Hopefully for, he doesn't go AWOL again. I hope not. I hope not. But he's play, he's playing with Dibs, and that's and that's his boy. So and Taj home. Gibson, the band's getting back together. The band is getting back together. Hey, hey. If they want to trade, I, I hear Miami's not necessarily doing too great. If they want to trade for Jimmy Butler, really bring the band back together. Let's uh, do Joakim it. No- Joakim Noah's available for another uh, run with the Knicks. Come on, bring them home. Let's do it. Yeah. Fuck it. Let's match oh, some God. free agents already. Oh, God. Please shoot me. Uh, anywho. All right, let's go into uh, let's let's play some matchmaker, shall we? I mean, we were talking about the Bachelor, people trying to find love, and all of this. It's very nice, very romantic. Let's do it for NFL free agency. Let's let's go find let's go bring some people together where they can be joined in holy matrimony. And when I say holy matrimony, I mean legally, with contracts and and years and dollars attached to it. So, I have a list that I basically came up with. I wrote them all down earlier. Um, we're just going to kind of go through the big time free agent names that are on the market that I think people will be interested to see where they could end up. Um, and we're going to go basically in reverse order. So we're going to go from the not so flashy names to the flashy names. And we're going to basically say where we think they go, where they think the best 
match for them will be. So we're going to start with the first name that I have on my list. And this is more of a selfish one because I absolutely love him. And I think he is a fucking superstar in the making. I think whatever team signs him is doing themselves a great service. And that is Corey Davis. Yeah. Uh, I think he's probably going to be on a new team. No doubt. And I'm so happy for it. Yeah. Um, I think a good one here is how about the Washington football team? Mm. Could use another weapon on the outside. You get to bring in another, uh, you're probably going to bring in a rookie quarterback, but I personally think they're going to trade for Sam Darnold. That's, that's the spot where I have Sam going. Um, but he's going to need weapons. Terry McLaurin's a sound receiver. You have plenty of defense, need more offense, but the football team. Very interesting. And before, before I give you mine, what is your what's your honest assessment on Corey Davis? Because I think he is one of the most talented receivers in the National Football League, and people are sleeping on that. <sighs> I think he's going to get overpaid. Um, I don't think I don't think his production warrants what he's going to be demanding on the open market. I think there's going to be better names. Like, what's he going to get? Probably like fifteen million a year, sixteen million a year. <sighs> That's a little too rich for me. Like 10 million I mean, a year, he, I, I think that's what he's that, worth. If he gets 15, 16 million a year, he's gonna, man. His his agent better get a big wet kiss. Yeah. But I I think he's gonna get overpaid, and that's a little too rich for my blood. But uh teams need weapons and teams need offense. So uh, you could certainly do a whole lot worse. Like my, my team last year was starting Chris Hogan and Brashad Perriman on a Sunday. See what I'm saying here? Teams need offense and playmakers, and Corey Davis is a playmaker. Just I yes. think there's better ones out there who I would pay. But, um, you know, God bless Corey Davis. <laughs> what a great guy. I love him. Um, For me, the best fit for him, how about the Green Bay Packers? They need a number two wide receiver opposite of Devontae Adams. Corey Davis would come in. He would be instantly, I think, more talented than what they have right now with MVS and Alan Lazard. He would be perfect as a number two receiver in Green Bay and a pass-heavy offense, and that's the one thing that he didn't necessarily have in Tennessee, where, of course, it was a Derrick Henry show, and then when they did throw the ball, it was to A.J. Brown. You get him as the number two receiver in Green Bay. He's not the focal point of that passing game and, of course, would still be Devontae Adams, but you give Aaron Rodgers another weapon that is more than capable of holding his own, and by the way, it would be a first round receiver that Aaron Rodgers would finally be throwing passes to on Sundays. So uh, for me, Corey Davis in, in green Bay, I think it is a fantastic fit and one that I think if they can get the numbers to work there with, with having to resign Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, I, I think that Corey Davis could be an excellent, excellent fit in uh, in Green Bay and I'll even make a and I'll say I'll say this one because I don't think Aaron Jones is going back to Green Bay I agree I agree oh okay so a little Spoiler bit, alert. little bit of intrigue I like it okay um Richard Sherman an interesting one um, I know you're gonna want me to say one. the Jets but it's not going to be the Jets. Nope, uh, it's not Jets for me either. I trust uh, somebody I trust uh, very well. Uh, I'm not a reporter by any stretch of the imagination, but somebody I trust very well um, that does have sources uh, 
inside the building in Florham Park uh, said that, that that one's not happening. So I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go with the Las Vegas Raiders playing for John Gruden. I think that's the obvious one. And uh, I think if they were still in Oakland, that would be electric. I think yeah. I think that's a great place for Sherman to go. And the Raiders, you need defense, particularly yeah. in the secondary. And I think that one's going to go down. Yep, uh, that was the spot that I had was was Las Vegas. I think that 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 spot, like you said, Jake, makes so much sense. Keep, they need yeah. a veteran presence in that secondary keep, badly. Keep an eye on a return to Seattle, though. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about that one because they, they too, they need secondary help bad because that uh, defense is awful. Oh, yeah, awful. I wonder and why. The yes. cancer went there. That's the why. cancer went there, and now you have Russell Wilson saying killed. he's frustrated. Yeah, maybe you could use one of those first-round picks on a uh, offensive lineman for the next two years. Oh wait, oh you can't wait. You traded for a safety that can't cover. Thank God Dallas didn't do it. Thank the heavenly Father. What oh. did I? What did I say to you, Jake? If it was Tyron Smith and a first-round pick, no, thank you. I did not want that. Uh-uh. Yeah, but listen, I'm very happy with the return, and I couldn't be happier that a uh, average player was traded. And an average player with a big-time mouth. Yes, I would 1,000% agree with you on that assessment. Um, next guy I have on my list, wide receiver, Will Fuller. This one I had going to the Packers. Mm, I think okay. they need more. I think they need a bit. I think they need somebody to do what MBS Marquez Valdez-Scanling is asked to do, Yep, but better. And I think that's what Will Fuller is. And I think Will Fuller wants to get out of Houston, even though Deshaun Watson, yeah. that whole situation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, Green Bay Packers, they apparently explored trading for him before the trade deadline. I think mm-hmm. all the arrows uh, are pointing towards Green Bay, and that's going to be – Aaron yeah. Rodgers throws the deep ball, man. If he stays healthy for 16 games, wow. Yeah, so yeah. Green Bay. Yep, I think Green Bay is a great fit for him. I'm actually going to go with another team in the NFC North, and this is kind of as a replacement. How about Chicago? And this is this is all assuming that Allen Robinson is probably out in Chicago. He's done. If, yeah, if Allen Robinson resigns in Chicago, then I don't see this as a fit. But if Allen Robinson is out and they need a replacement, I think Will Fuller could be a great fit in Chicago with whomever that quarterback is going to be. Maybe they bring in Will Fuller and hope that that would be good enough to get the Sean Watson to say, you know what, I'll go to Chicago. Yeah, no, I think that's a, that's another good fit, but I think they're going to go more towards the draft and draft like a yeah. Rashad Bateman. Yeah, I think so. Like that. I think so. I think but, so. Yeah, Will Fuller's a good one, though. I, I agree. Another receiver. Juju Smith-Schuster, sir. Oh, my God. I had, I had a tough time with this one because I yeah. think his theatrics are – a little bit too much and um i hope i just i'm praying that my team does not want juju smith does not want him i'm praying for you but i have an interesting one here for you my friend if you say what i'm gonna say i might shoot you how about the new england patriots oh no i was gonna say the patriots i think the patriots i think they need more playmakers i think belichick uh would kind of calm juju down and get the most out of him and get him back to what he was his rookie year and his second year with Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown. I I'm, I feel, and they have the cap space. They have plenty of money. They're supposed to be aggressive in free agency. Yep. I have the new England Patriots. Okay. Since you said the Patriots, I'll say the other one that I had in mind. 
uh, the Indianapolis Colts. Interesting. Yeah, I think they have plenty of receiver, though. I think they got to bring back T.Y. Hilton. They have to bring back so, T.Y. If they bring they have back, Michael Pittman is a stud. Yeah, Michael Pittman is, is a stud. But if T.Y. And Zach decides, Pascal is a under-the-radar guy. Yeah, if T.Y. decides to walk, though, and they have a hole at number one receiver, they could bring in Juju and, and have a 1A, 1B with, with him and Pittman. And, and Juju is still really, really young. So I think that there is so much room for, for growth there. The only thing is who's the quarterback going to be? If it is Carson Wentz and it's Carson Wentz throwing a Juju, that could be a really, really, really good match. Agreed. I like it. But I, I listen, I love Michael Pittman, though. Love him, Car- love him. I think Carson him. Wentz is going to go to the Bears, but that that's a whole different. Yeah, I, listen, I don't think that's I don't think it's a bad match either. Just because, you know, um, Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, they know that they're on their last legs. They need yeah, a quarterback that's going to get into the promised land. Yeah. Yeah. Just name passing game coordinator. My dad. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, next guy I have on my list. We're going to go to the tight end position. Hunter Henry. I think he goes back to the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Probably They might franchise tag him again, but I, I have him going back to the Chargers. I think that one makes a lot of sense there. Give uh, uh, Justin Herbert his security blanket back uh, would be a wise idea for them. Yeah, I have him going back to the Chargers as well. That was the fit that I had. Um, you know, obviously Keenan Allen, what he's been able to do with Justin Herbert, had everyone slept on Keenan Allen, thinking no Phillip Rivers, Tyrod, Justin Herbert, that would be the end of Keenan Allen. But Keenan Allen was, was better. <laughs> better. Yeah, I would. I was even going to say career year for for Keenan Allen. And you bring in, you bring back Hunter Henry, keep the band together. Uh, that's just a great, a great thing for Justin Herbert just to keep him growing and potentially being one of the next bright young quarterbacks in the National Football League because I think he could be absolutely terrific and how how badly are the Dolphins kicking themselves that they took Tua over uh, Justin very, Herbert I'm very glad <laughs> I'm very glad as a uh, Jets fan in the AFC East yeah yeah I, w- I was I would hope so because oh my god, that that that's one that Dolphins fans may uh, may lose some sleep over. Um, I'm gonna go for another one. One of your one of your former friends, Jake. Oh god, Leonard Williams, defensive end, formerly of the New York Giants. I think the Giants have no choice but to bring him back. So I'm gonna go with the Giants. Yeah, I think they do not have a choice but to bring him back. Um, if I'm going to go outside the box and to another team that I think could use the pass rushing help, I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Bengals because I Fair. feel like they need everything on that defense. They need a little bit of something, and Leonard Williams can come in. I don't know if he can do it as the guy, but I think you know when, if you're paying him to come in and be a disruptor on the defensive line, which Cincinnati desperately needs – I think it could be a good fit for him in Cincinnati in terms of what they need and in terms of what he would want in terms of potentially getting paid to be a franchise caliber defensive end, which I don't think he is, but he'll be looking for that. All right. Now we're getting to the big guns. Kenny Galladay. Ooh. Well, a return to Detroit's not looking too likely now. No. No, it does not. I have an interesting one for Galladay. How about the New York Giants? I like it. I like, I like it. the Giants, but I, believe it or not, 
I don't. You're saying big guns. You left off a sleeper of mine. That player that I have a uh, special place in my heart for for all the aggravation he's called he's caused me throughout my years of playing fantasy football. And somebody that I think would be a better bargain than paying somebody like Kenny Galladay. Is he t- is he teammates with Kenny Galladay? I do like Marvin Jones, but he is not. Oh, but it's not. Do you want okay. me to just say him now? Yeah, say him. Is my guy Curtis Samuel coming up on the show? Oh, he was coming up. I was going to say, you're getting to the big gun. So you considered Curtis Samuel a big gun. Yes. But not Corey Davis. Because I think Curtis Samuel brings a little bit more to the table. He actually, on my list, he was two away. Okay, let's let's wait for that then. I apologize. Yes. Curtis Samuel was two uh, away. I'll know my place. But yeah, <laughs> I, I think... Uh, Kenny Galladay to the Giants makes a lot of sense. I think the Giants are going to move off of a lot of bad contracts and free up a, a good amount of cap space. So um, they definitely need weapons. And uh, they, they've always been linked with Kenny Galladay some way yeah. or another, whether that be a trade or this, this offseason. But just get out of Detroit, Kenny Galladay. I think the, uh, the Giants are a good match there. But I would hesitate paying him. Yeah, I would definitely hesitate paying him as well. Um I am not actually going to go for the Giants. I actually have another one in mind. I think a team that absolutely desperately needs a number one receiver, the Baltimore Ravens. That is one that I think makes a ton of sense. You bring in Galladay. You have Marquise Brown as a number two. You still have Mark Andrews there. It gives Lamar Jackson someone else to throw the ball to. A big body target, which he could definitely afford on the outside, which they have not had unless you want to consider Miles Boykin to be their star outside threat. That is a big framed receiver. But Kenny Galladay would go into Baltimore, and he would fill in a, a, a like real that need for, for that football team. I like that one a lot. Thank you. I appreciate that. So I'm, I'm going to move it up here. Curtis Samuel. You wanted it, you got it. I really like this guy, man. I, I, do I really do. I like Let me ask you. Is there any offensive lineman on here? Yes. Okay. Yep. I think Curtis Samuel is going to go to the Jets. I don't mind it. I think Curtis Samuel is going to go play for the Jets, and I think that's the type of guy that the Jets need—a a real home run hitter. Yep. It's not going to—it's not going to cost a ton. No. And you could still make other moves. The Jets have all this cap space, and uh, I, I apparently they really like him. Yeah. Um, is this what I would do? I don't know. I think I would probably pay um, Allen Robinson, but I, I think the arrows are pointing towards uh, Curtis Samuel playing for the Jets next year as a team that desperately needs offensive weapons. And he's an all-around type of guy. You can put him in the backfield. Yeah. You can put him out wide. You put him in the slot. I'm sure he can contribute on special teams. I, I think he's a great player. So Jets, Curtis Samuel, go get him. Uh, I actually have him going back to Carolina. That would be what I think is probably the most logical thing for him. Um, but if I'm going to say he goes somewhere, I'm actually going to go, I'm going to stay within the AFC East and I'm going to go for the Miami Dolphins because I think that that is the kind of player that Miami could use a lot as well. That kind of creative Swiss army knife kind of guy. I know they have Lynn Bowden. I was going to say they have the but same they type could, of guy. Yeah, but they could also use Curtis Samuel on the opposite side of that. Just have a little bit more creativity to what they already have because they outside of Devonte Parker and Mike Kosicki, what else do they really have in terms of sure things in that offense? Not much, not much, not much at all. So if they were to bring in Curtis Samuel as like another Swiss army knife kind of guy, 
that could that could pay off. I, I think the Jets one makes a ton of sense. I even think New England makes set makes sense for him just with Josh McDaniels, and they could be very creative with with Curtis Samuel and how they would use him. Yeah, and even the Giants make sense too. Yeah, Giants make a ton of sense as well. Uh, offensive lineman, first one, Brandon Scherf, the All Pro guard for Washington. I think he returns to the football team. Yep, yep, I agree with you. I agree with you. I don't think he goes uh, anywhere. I think uh, Ron Rivera does his best to uh, to bring him back at the very least. Uh, just slap the franchise tag on him, and then that'll be all she wrote there. Another offensive lineman, Trent Williams of the 49ers. 49ers have no choice. You have to bring him in, but I think Jacksonville makes a big play for him. I was going to say Jacksonville. I was I was also even going to say if it works out that way and if you are trading Deshaun Watson and you have some money to spend there and you want to build that offensive line, Houston makes a ton of sense. Oh, why would he go there? No idea. Money and, talks, you're right, yeah. And Cincinnati makes sense as well because they need they need a ton of help with that offensive line, especially yeah, I think they're drafting yeah, I think they're yeah. drafting an offensive tackle. But they uh, could, they could I, or I think it's two, draft chase. Yeah, two team race. Uh 49ers and uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. Yeah. Jacksonville makes a ton of sense, but I think, I think he ends up going back to San Francisco just because they need to bring him back. You don't give up what you gave up for Trent Williams only to have him for a year. I'm sorry. Exactly. You just don't. Um, Next one on my list. uh, I have Levante David down. I think we both agree. He goes back to Tampa Bay. We do, but do you have another offensive lineman on that list? I do. Okay, go ahead. I do. I am not going to him yet. I'm going Melvin Ingram. Chargers, where do we think he ends up? I have an interesting one for you. How about the Detroit Lions? Mm, I like that one. I think I, I'm thinking Detroit. I think he wants to get paid, and Detroit has to sign some players now. Yeah, they do. They have need to, a ton of help on somebody. defense. Uh, I'm saying Detroit. His former head coach was there, Anthony Lynn, who he respects. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Detroit. Maybe this is the offensive lineman that you were thinking of, Joe Tooney. Yeah, he. Uh, I know the Jets really like him. Yeah. Um, but I also know the Patriots really value his services too, and they franchise tagged him last year. Um, I think it's gonna be those two teams in on him. So I'm gonna say a return to New England, but the Jets are going to make it interesting. I think, uh, I don't know if this guy was on the list. He might be a little bit more of a uh, lower tier, but not really. He's actually one of the best centers in the NFL, but lower. How do I say it here? A, not a smaller name. Yeah, exactly. I think the Jets are either going to come away with Corey Lindsley or uh, Joe Thune. This reagency. I think they probably those have two. to. No, I, I, I think they will. I know they liked Thune last year and they viewed last year as, um, more of a uh, lackluster crop of free agents when they had, and that's why they elected to roll more money into this year. And obviously with the coronavirus last year, teams didn't have as much money to spend. So they save money. They're going to come away with an interior offensive lineman uh, this, this free agency period. I, I have no doubt about it, but I think Belichick sends Thune on uh, sells Thune on coming back. And I think the jets walk away with Lindsay. So um, it's one of those two teams for me, uh, unless you can come up with another one. Um, I've, again, I, I hate to, you know, beat this drum, but Cincinnati, they just need any offensive lineman that they can get. Um, if we're, 
I think that the best one for uh, Joe Thune is going back to New England. Corey Lindsley, I think Green Bay is going to do all they can to keep him back there, yeah. but, but Mikey I don't know LaFleur, if it's going to yeah. make sense. Mike LaFleur, the Jets' offensive coordinator, must be very familiar with Matt's players. And I would, I would bet that, that Mike LaFleur is very familiar with his brother's players, and I think he would love nothing more than to get a leg up on one of his brother's guys. Yeah. It would be it would make it would make for nice Thanksgiving dinner conversation. I'd I'd love if the Jets brought in Lindsley and Jamal Williams. Yeah. More on that on the Jets Way podcast. But yes. A shameless um, plug. Yeah. So we have a few more, but now we're into the big time free agents. There are no more sleepers. These are all guys that are going to uh completely dominate the market here. Um, we'll start with the safety market. We have two safeties I want to talk about. First one, Anthony Harris, formerly of the Minnesota Vikings. Where do we think he ends up? That's an interesting one. I know the Raiders desperately need a safety, but I don't know how that's going to work with the salary cap. Yep. Um, if you're the, I know the Vikings value him. Again, I don't know how that works with the salary cap. So I'm, I'm going to go with the return to Minnesota or uh, the Las Vegas Raiders there. I'm going to say... I'm going to say the Indianapolis Colts because they have a ton of calf space. If they are not sold on Malik Hooker, who is also a free agent this offseason, they have a hole at safety that they can fill. And Anthony Harris is arguably, you could make a case, he is the best safety on the market. Obviously, there is another guy that I believe, in my opinion, is the best safety on the market who we're going to get into right now. And that is Justin Simmons, formerly of the Denver Broncos. Uh, this this is the one that I think if you're looking for a safety, any team is looking for a safety this all season, this is the guy you need to be on. This is I, – I know Denver's going to do everything they can to keep him. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to – that was the one I was going to say the Indianapolis Colts on, by the way. Um, hmm. But uh, part of me, he just tells me he's going to go back to Denver. They do a good job of retaining their free agents and um, – Money shouldn't be an issue there. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go with the return to Denver. I'm going to say the best fit for Justin Simmons, and I'm going to sound like a homer. Dallas. They really have money like that to spend, though? It depends on how they're – it depends on the Dak deal. If they are able to re-sign Dak to a long-term deal, then they'll have the money to play around with. If, they, if, if it's the cap, if it's the, the franchise tag, then, then there's no – there's no promise there. Yeah. If I ran the Cowboys, man, I'll tell you what I would do. I would cut Amari Cooper. Um, I think he's really overrated. I think your best two receive. I think he's the third best receiver on your team, to be completely honest with you. I'm sorry. He is. All right. Disappears on the road. Just in the biggest. I'm telling you, he's the third best receiver on your team. All right. Your best receiver next year is going to be CD Lamb. That That's for damn sure. I don't think Amari Cooper is worth that price tag at all. Um so, yeah, you know, you can at me all you want, but just need defense in this league, buddy boy. And if they, they devoted that cap space towards defense, uh, I think they would have far less problems. So I would I would find a way to move off of him, and I would move off of Tyron Smith. He's expensive, and he's always hurt. That's, that's both those, the one I can get behind. Both those, both those guys got to go, man. You could have re-signed Byron Jones last year. Who would you rather have on your team right now, Byron Jones or Amari Cooper? Amari. 
that's absolutely ludicrous, bro. Um, uh, absolutely no. ludicrous. It's not. And that it's is, not ludicrous. That is the problem with Jerry. It's not ludicrous. I'll tell you why. Because the the Byron Jones that we saw in Dallas was not the Byron Jones that we saw in Miami. Because the one thing that separated Byron Jones, Dallas versus Byron Jones, Miami, was Byron did not create a turnover in Dallas. He had one career pick. Well, it sounds to me. It sound, years. Yeah. Well, it sounds to me like it's poor coaching. Oh, but that's that's been the story of, of Dallas for forever. Absolutely, poor, re- poor coaching. A- what absolutely, else is there? Uh, dude, I'm telling I'm telling you right now. If if you were to ask the Cowboys to do a do over, they're signing Byron Jones back and letting Mari Cooper walk for that well, much money. Well, if they the knew thing- C- if they knew C D Lamb was going to be there in the draft, they would 100 percent make that decision. They would make they would have a redo there. Well, the good news with Amari is this: there is an out after this season for for Amari's contract. It makes no sense for Dallas to cut him right now. Cut he's him, not, I would trade him. I see, I don't even think he's a, a contract is 100% tradable. What is he what is he making this year? He's making 20 million. 20 call million, jet, 20 million the, base. Call the Jets for their first first uh third round pick. You doing that trade? Absolutely not. Really what let's say the Jets get a second second round pick for Sam Darnold. Absolutely not. You're not taking a second. Oh my god! No. With all those holes on defense. Uh uh-uh. uh. No way. Oh my god. This is this is this is amateur hour right now, folks. No way. For no a receiver way. for a receiver that's going to disappear on you. No, I see. See, but that's that's difference. You don't value Amari Cooper like I do. I think Amari Cooper is really good, really good. He's Dude, not, man. We saw Amari Cooper. Yes. Does he does he have bad games on the road? Sure. Bad of games. Course. He doesn't have games on the road. You can't against find the, him. against the Giants last year. Against the Giants oh, last year, is one of our best players. The Giants last year. Come on, he's man. one of our best players. What do you want me to say? Against the Giants. What? What about against the Patriots the year before last year? Okay, he's going, he bump, going against when Gilmore. He, when he ran, played against Bump and Run Gilmore, where was he? I mean, I don't know. I saw Devontae Adams go up against Jalen Ramsey. He didn't have any issues. Um. Well, before Devontae Adams went up against Jalen Ramsey, there was one receiver in football that had the most yards against Jalen Ramsey this year. That was Amari Cooper week one. Dude. I, I, one. I'm not, I, I'm and not the Cowboys hyperbole. lost. I'm speaking. I might fact. add. And they lost. They lost, but you, this, is not, this is not about the Cowboys. This is, this is about Amari Cooper. And you saying he disappears on the road. No, I saw, he had the I, best I saw Michael Ga- game I saw Michael Gallup Jalen get Ramsey. open for the I saw Michael Gallup get open for the last uh for the biggest play of the game that yeah. I guess should have been called a penalty on Jalen Ramsey. It should have been. So I maybe com- I completely dude, agree. I you're completely you're, you're wrong, man. It, they they no. need to they need they need to fill holes on defense. They what defensive players do they have that are considered building blocks? Is Jalen Smith Jalen Smith took a step back last year? Van Der Esch, I think he's a free agent, if I'm not mistaken, right? Or what, what's going on with him? He's another one that's always injured. He's got one more year, I believe. But Demarcus Lawrence is not earning that fat contract. Nope. No. Not at all. Outside of that, I uh, Wuzier, uh, he's a free agent. Yep. Same thing with Jordan Lewis. What else? What else they got? But you're gonna you're gonna make Amari a cap casualty. But put aside how you feel about Amari. I would trade. I would trade him for a draft pick and draft somebody on defense and devote that cap space that I'm saving on paying a. Th- <laughs> I think I really think he's the third best receiver on that team. I'm sorry, but um, when you have two great receivers already and a really good offensive line, 
I could potentially at number 10 in the draft draft Rashawn Slater. If he's there, fill that need cut by uh, Tyron Smith. Who's old, not old. I, I guess he's kind of old, but no, he's expensive, old. expensive, he's expensive, and always injured. And then I could maybe draft another receiver or dare I say, sign somebody that's going to be making half the amount that Amari Cooper is going to make this year, along with filling all the holes I have on defense in a bad division. I would love my chances next year in that division if I could fix up my defense, but you're not going to fix it up substantially enough if you're paying guys out of not out of necessity, but just out of luxury when they they just don't have that uh that privilege right now. Dallas is probably. I mean, I look. I don't think Dallas is contending next year. I don't. I don't. They they can easily win the NFC East. Absolutely, they can. They can. Absolutely. No, no. no. I think they can contend, man. I really, if they get a defense in there. You look at the games at the beginning of the year when Dak was healthy. I mean, what are, what are we doing here? We almost lost the Falcons giving up a zillion points. Fair. They looked clueless against Jared Goff and the Rams week one. Mm-hmm. They looked clueless against the Giants after Dak got injured. I mean, you had Daniel Jones looking like he was a, a competent quarterback when you, everyone Go knows Montana. he's trash. God. I, I, I They really need help on defense. And they don't have any other – they don't have much to – improve that defense enough in my opinion that's what i would do for me it just giving you an opinion before we move on it makes no sense to me to potentially trade him and take a dead cap on him this year when you could cut him at the end of the season for six million four million and two million over the next three years instead of potentially having 15 million in dead cap for this year it makes no sense it makes no sense for dallas to do it Ah, oh, such a bad contract at the time. So bad. I listen. If it horrible, Dak, Dak loves Amari. That you you can't you can't ignore I, that. I, so I you know if they if if Dak comes back and he's going to be himself, it's probably going to be with the help of Amari Cooper. I think Michael Gallup has so much unlocked potential, man. It's just being held back, but Michael Gallup is really good. But the, I, I, I will agree with you that if you ask me in two years, even next year, this time next year, who are we talking as the best receiver on the Cowboys? I would agree with you and say it's CeeDee Lamb. It's CeeDee Lamb. It's not, even, it's not even close. Yeah, I I agree with you. I definitely do agree with you on that front. We agree on something there. Uh, Shaq Barrett going back to the Bucks. Yep, absolutely. No question asked. Okay, good. Um, Chris Godwin. Back to the Bucks. I agree with you. Back to the Bucks now. Allen Robinson, the I have big, him the big yeah. ticket. I have him going to the Miami Dolphins. Hmm. Okay. I have him going back. I have him not going back. I have him going to Miami uh, to play with Tua. I think the Dolphins are going to do whatever they can to improve that offense. They're they I was, reportedly they're going to draft offense and spend on defense, but. That's a pretty stellar defense, in my opinion. They don't really need much there. Yep, I agree. Uh, maybe maybe a pass rusher, but what pass rushers are really hitting the market? Like Leonard Floyd, maybe, or um, you know, uh, another much. good one, Davian Clowney. Again, we already saw what he was Ugh. valued at last year. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with the Miami Dolphins there, um, and they get a true number one receiver. And then if you still draft Devonta Smith or um, who I think is the best receiver in the draft, Jamar Chase at third overall or which I think they're going to do is trade down. You're building something there. Allen Robinson's going to sign with the New York Jets. Oh, I, 
please, please, God, please. See, you, oh. talk, you talk shit about my team all night, and here I am. I was not. Told, I said your team could win the division and be a contender next year. Uh, if they you, simply listen. You, you were chatting shit about Amari. I take that. I take that personally. My my old coach and good friend Rex Ryan called him a, a quote unquote turd last year. Well, Rex Ryan, Rex Ryan also will never Don't, have a job oh, in the National Football League again. Rex Ryan's won more playoff games for the New York Jets than you've seen the Dallas Cowboys, I believe, playing in your lifetime. Mm. Uh, not playing, but one, right? Was one, one, yes. I was going to say playing, definitely it? not. One playoff win in how many years in the last? Uh... Two. Two. Oh, two. Excuse me. Sorry, two. I misspoke. Two. Should two. be Should two. be three. Should be three if uh, Gene's territory was wasn't in the fix. So let's let's calm down with the. I won't allow any Rex Ryan slander. Fuck Rex. No. Fuck him. Tell Amari to show up. That's all. But uh, yeah, no, no, no. Seriously though, Al Robinson to the Jets. Uh, just please, I'm going to be saying my prayers. I want nothing more. But I don't know, man. Does he really come in here to play with a rookie quarterback? I don't know. I would, I would, oh my God. Wow. Finally, finally, a number one receiver. Never thought I'd see the day. I think you might cry. No, I I wouldn't believe it's happening. I I really (laughs) wouldn't. All right. So the last one that I have on my list, Dak Prescott. Let's say he does not go back to Dallas for whatever reason. Let's just, let's play this hypothetical game. If Dak Prescott does not go to Dallas, he is going blank. Hmm. It's going to the highest bidder, not Thank the you. best team. Yeah. Uh, the best fit for him would probably be Indianapolis, but I'm going to go with the Carolina Panthers. Mm. Okay. I'm going to go Carolina. They have an owner that does not like to be told no. Uh, and I'm sure uh, Mr. Joe Brady and company would love to have Dak Prescott. So I'm going Carolina. I'm going New England. I'm going New England. I think eh, that is. I don't know I if think, they'd get into a bidding war like that, man. I think that he is the one guy, though, that Bill Belichick believes at least that he can get some longevity with in terms of a guy coming in that can get New England back to where they at least deserve. I have be. New England trade and all my mock drafts. Obviously, it's subject to change. I have New England trading up for Trey Lance and letting him sit behind a year. Not a bad Maybe one. even bringing back Cam Newton or. Uh, Jameis Winston or reportedly Marcus Mariota and the Patriots are linked. Um, so, uh, yeah, Carolina for me. Uh, David Tepper is does not like to be told no. When he wants a guy, he wants him. He would not let Matt Rule tell him no and uh, offer the eighth overall pick for Matthew Stafford. He, he's, he wants a quarterback, and I think he'll pay whatever it takes. There was one guy on my list that we did not, that we did not talk about, and that is my own fault is the number one running back on the market, Aaron Jones. I don't know how the cap would work, but I think this would be an amazing fit. How about the Buffalo Bills? They desperately that, that, need a running it, back. Ding, 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 ding. That uh, Devin ex- Singletary and, and Zach Moss are, are really are, are not the answers there. Uh-uh. I would love to see Buffalo. I'm, well, I don't know about love, but, uh, you know, as someone that has to see them twice a year and, uh, you know, from a neutral I, point I, of view, I, you would love new, to see them. From a neutral point of view, I think Travis Etienne – at what 30th overall, whatever they're picking is yeah. a pretty slammed. I know they need help at corner and a, and a couple spots on defense to obviously 
Um, you know, they, they learned from their mistakes against Kansas City last year. They obviously know they need more on defense. But Travis Etienne with Josh Allen and that back that rushing attack. Whoa, just oh, come my up with that. goodness. That's my running back one, by the way, not Najee Harris. I won't take any slander. I'm a, I No, I agree with you. I, love I agree with you. My RB, my RB one is Travis Etienne. It's 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 not close. It is not close either. I wouldn't um, say it's not close, but um, yeah, for me it's not close. Not close for me. Uh, Najee's good, but Travis is. I think he's franchise level, franchise level good at the, the next level. Okay, so let's do a little quick basement bets. Let's get on out of here. You want me to start, or would you like to start there, Mister Simone? Go ahead, you go. Oh, you're gonna give you're gonna give me the floor. How nice! I'm giving of you. you the I'm giving you the floor. Ladies what a first. What a what a guy. Um, all right. Look at some college hoops. Drake minus eleven versus Northern Iowa on home court. That is one I like a ton. Um, shoot me given I hate betting on them. Iowa minus six and a half versus Rutgers. I like it. I don't love it, but if there was a way that I would go, I would go for the six, the six and a half for Iowa. I would go over 152 for that. I know it's a little high, but the over 152, I do like in that matchup um, for Iowa Rutgers. Um, Indiana minus three and a half versus Northwestern on the road. Like that one, I would go in that direction as well. Marquette plus 11 versus Villanova. I do like that a bit. I think Marquette does enough to keep that matchup close in what should be a pretty entertaining game, given the very little that we've seen of Villanova so far this season. Um, a little English Premier League for all those that are interested in dabbling in some soccer. Uh, Crystal Palace, plus 135 against Burnley. I like that one. Aston Villa, plus 156 versus Brighton Hove Albion. like that one a lot. And I'm gonna go for a little, a little flyer, a little, a little, a little deep one here for some someone that can return a little bit of value. Leicester City plus two fifty, hosting Liverpool. I like that one. I think that could be one that most certainly hits. Um, and then I'll go, I'll go and do a little bit of hockey just for the hockey people out there because we are hockey guys in this podcast. Love hockey. Um, Bruins minus 159 against the New York Rangers. I like that one. I think that's a good value there. If you want to press your luck with the minus one and a half, that's sitting at plus 163. I would dabble on that. And for the Maple Leafs Canadians, also scheduled for Wednesday night, I like the Toronto Maple Leafs in that minus 105. So that is the way that I would go. Unfortunately, they are sitting at plus one and a half at minus 245. So. Not one that I think is a great value for your buck there, but I think the money line minus 105 for Toronto is the way that I would go. Nice. I'm actually going to stick with the UFC. Uh, This is one of my best sports, uh, I bet. 
still not over the uh the yeah i don't know let's not talk about it no by the way my so uh my uh my ufc matchmaking instincts which never fail me poirier mcgregor three going down for the lightweight title in august Mm, i like it not august actually excuse me i take that back that's going to go down in april may and if connor wins connor habib in october is going to go down i pray i pray to the almighty he's gonna win uh i I might bet the deed to my house on that one (laughs) put it this way he needs to he's not gonna lose it's not gonna lose. I hate to say I I know we, we gotta get going here, but if he if he didn't hurt his calf, I'm sorry to tell people he was gonna win that fight. He the first round he absolutely dominated Poirier. Dominated him. He got taken down, he dominated him, and then his calf gave out, he got kicked in the calf. He's gotta adjust his boxing stance. He will. We saw it after Diaz won. He comes back. Mm-hmm. And uh I agree. We with you. saw it and and in uh in the year of uh what was it again that he beat Diaz? I think it was twenty sixteen. He started the year off. I thought, I thought it was 2016. It was, you could be it right. 20, it was 2016. He started the year off with a loss, became a two-weight world champion at the end of the year. Yeah, it's true. So he does bounce back. So, all right, sticking with this weekend for the lightweight title, um, we will get to the main event, uh, Kamara Usman versus Gilbert Burns. Uh, going to be a great fight. Two really high-level fighters there for 170, which is a stacked division. I don't know how into the UFC you are, but that, that division to me is the second best um, that Dana White has to offer. I agree. With sticking you. sticking with the uh, the prelims here, I'm gonna go with Long Island's very own shout out to Center Reach, Brian Kelleher at plus two oh five odds. Like that bet a lot. Kelleher's a really good fighter. Um, has been in a lot of wars. Uh, coming off a loss, I like him. I think he's gonna pull it off there. That's really good value. And Wiley Vet, Jim Miller can never sleep on Jim Miller. Always a good underdog to take, plus 220. I think one of those bets is going to hit. So, And then we're going to move on to uh, the pay-per-view card. All right? And a uh, former high-level fighter himself off of a really embarrassing loss his last time out, a guy that used to be one of the meanest, baddest fighters out there is, is Calvin Gaslam. I think he needs a win desperately. I think if he does not win his this fight on Saturday night, his career is over. A little bit of a steep price to pay at minus two twenty five. I have no problem laying that. Um, you know, I think this is a pick me up for him, and uh, I think he's going to get back to his uh, winning ways and in hopes of competing this year and having a full uh, season in combat sports. Then we move on to the main event. Now, this isn't necessarily the best value, but I'm sorry to tell everybody, I think this is an absolute lock. Kamara Usman. Minus 280 is a lock, folks. These two are teammates. They know who's going to win this fight. I like to call Kamara Usman because I don't like his style of fighting. I think he puts people to sleep. He's Marty Fake Newsman. Uh, Marty Schnoozman, as uh, the people's champ, Colby Covington. Shout out to him again. Calls him. I think he dodges competition. I don't think he is uh, what everybody says he is, but he knows how to win can't take that away from him but he his style of fighting is just horrible and i hate watching it It reminds me of what tyron woodley used to be and i don't like tyron woodley at all uh you know as a fighter i think he puts people to sleep as well because he's just so boring so usman wins burns knows us burns wants a paycheck and i guess burns deserves to be there but the real fight to make dana white usman covington too colby deserves his rematch mark mark goddard will not be the referee this time to rob that from colby Please, Colby Jesus. deserves it. 
What? Please, Jesus, Mark Goddard, just just go away. No, yeah, Mark Goddard uh, had it out for Colby, kicked Marty Fake Newsman right in the liver, not down low in the crotch. Well, like Marty tried to claim video evidence and everything. It was an early stoppage. Colby's going to get his rematch, hopefully, after he wipes out the street Judas, uh, Jorge Masvidal, who I, I do like Jorge Masvidal, but he needs to answer for um, all the things he said about Colby behind his back. And uh, that, that fight's just going to be an absolute war. That's supposed to go down in uh, sometime in March uh, or April that they, they, they've been talking about, um, those that are well-connected to the sport. So make the timelines make a lot of sense. Usman beats Burns tonight, uh, Saturday night for the belt. Uh, he's still the champion. You let Masvidal fight uh, Covington in uh, February, March, winner of that, which I think it's not even going to be close. I think it's going to be a bloodbath for Masvidal because I think him and Covington are on complete different ends of the universe in terms of a skill standpoint. So you have that. And then in, I would say, about August or September, you book Usman Covington too. Hopefully fans are allowed back in. And yeah. that's going to be – that. I really think that's going to do at least – I think that's going to do a million buys. I really do. I, I hope, think so. I think that does a million buys. If you look at, I'm not sure because McGregor's got all the records in the UFC. I, you want to look at everything over a million buys. It's Connor. Yeah. It, it's Connor. But I think this is going to be, um, I think this is going to be competing with, with them. Uh, I really do. So, cause I think Covington's turning into the big, the second biggest star in the UFC. He's got a cult like following. Yeah. And I, so, I like him a lot. Yeah, and he can flat out. I mean, dude, he, he's, you ever see his fucking hands? He's, he's got that, his, his pace is absurd. I don't even think nobody has better pace than Colby Covington. That guy just applies pressure, and he keeps fucking coming, and he can take yeah. hits. Yes, he like, can. He's got such a thick chin, high-level wrestler. That's the fight to make. I would even say, and I would add one more to your uh, your bets for, for UFC. I would go the under four and a half rounds. On Burns, Usman. I don't know. They're teammates. Um, Usman doesn't really finish people. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, I knew well that was a cheap finish, but um, we saw it against Masvidal. Uh, he he goes for decisions, and they're teammates. I don't know if they want to. I don't know if Usman would finish his own teammate like that. They share the okay. same manager, that rat Ali Abdulaziz. Um, I don't like that guy. I don't know how you feel about him. Not a fan. Not a fan. Not a fan. He's, you know, Connor told us all who he really was uh, at the press conference. Connor, Connor educated the masses. He, he did. He did, as always. Um, of course. Poet. So Poet I, of I, our time. I don't love that one. I, I think that's going to go the distance with Marty winning by unanimous decision. Of course. Yeah, that's fair. Well, that is going to be it for the Basement Talk podcast for this week. Make sure you go and check out Basement Talk Podcast, Finish Show, Basement Talk Podcast, Debate, Basement Talk Podcast, Quizvitational, which is coming back. We just don't know when yet because it is impossible to get four people to record all at the same time. And, of course, this program, Basement Talk Podcast, and go check out Jets Way Podcast. Go, just go do it. Good show. Go do it. It's a great program. Great program, and you'll get to hear Jake talk all about Allen Robinson. Now he wants Allen Robinson on the Jets more than anything else in the entire world. So, that is it. We're done. Jake, I'm Bird. Bye-bye.